The reading of E-Bible Fellowship's track, No More Salvation, God Stopped Saving People on May 21, 2011, Living in the Day of Judgment, track series number two. Upon saving the last one of His elect, God ended the possibility of salvation for the unsaved people of the world by shutting the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. From that point forward, not one person anywhere in the world has become saved. Once God shut the door of heaven, a spiritual door that no man could ever see while it was open, nor could they see once it was shut, each person's spiritual condition was permanently fixed and established. The following scriptures have now taken effect. Revelation 22, verses 10 and 11 read, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Never again will a sinner be taken out of a life of spiritual darkness and be translated into God's kingdom of light. After thousands of years of sending forth the gospel into the world to find and save lost sinners, God's plan was now finally accomplished. The time of judgment had now come upon the world, and the judgment was that there would be no more salvation for mankind. Throughout the day of judgment, which is a prolonged period of time beginning on May 21, 2011, and, in all likelihood, concluding 1,600 days later on October 7, 2015, the unsaved will remain unsaved and the saved will remain saved. No one's spiritual condition can be altered. Question. How can you say that God stopped saving people on that date of May 21, 2011? I thought as long as the world continued, God would always save people. Answer. In order for us to properly understand what God did in shutting the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, we need to have an overall understanding of God's salvation program. According to the Bible, every human being stands guilty before God and rightfully deserves the penalty of death for our sins against Him. Because all men are sinners and none are righteous, no man could ever do good works enough in order to earn salvation, or cause God to save them. However, God graciously decided to save a portion of mankind, a remnant out of the whole, who were chosen by Him only as a result of His good pleasure. God selected these people to obtain salvation before any of them were born. The program of God's election plan was carried out throughout the history of the world and, finally, it was completed on the date of May 21, 2011. God is sovereign concerning whom He saves. The Bible reveals God's complete sovereignty in the matter of those He decided to save. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, we read, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us 
unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The Bible also refers to these chosen people as the elect of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, we read, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. We read that the names of these elect people were recorded by God in a book. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, there it reads, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Of course, there is no actual book with the names of the elect written down. This is a figure of speech given to teach us that God is the one that has long ago selected everyone he intended to save out of every generation of mankind. This process of election comes into view again in the book of Romans. In chapter 9, verses 11 through 13, we read, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now before either of the twin boys, Jacob and Esau, had done any good or evil, God determined to love Jacob and to hate Esau, to forgive Jacob's sins, but not to forgive Esau's sins. The Lord's statement concerning these actual twin boys provides us with an excellent example of how God's election program works. Since Jacob was chosen and Esau was not chosen before they were even born, this shows in an amazing way that the good deeds or evil works of a person have nothing to do with whether or not one is a recipient of God's grace. This is why the Bible says that God chooses according to His own good pleasure. The Lord, knowing that some people would say that choosing one to love and the other to hate wasn't fair, went on to answer these type of accusations a little further on in Romans chapter 9. We read in verses 14 and 15 there, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid! For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The Bible's teaching of election reveals God as a sovereign king in the matter of exactly who he has determined to save. God makes no apologies for electing certain ones to become saved. After all, if all men received their due reward, then none would become saved. We would all perish and be destroyed by God's wrath. Human history can rightfully be understood as the period of time God granted life on earth to exist for the sole purpose of God working out His plan of salvation for the elect and His plan of judgment for all non-elect. The period of time God gave mankind in which to become saved came to a close on May 21, 2011, it was by that point in time that the Lord had found each and every one of His elect people, all those predestinated to obtain salvation before the world began. 
Since May 21st, we have entered into the period of God's judgment upon this world due to our sins against Him. We are all presently living in this day of judgment. God is also sovereign concerning when He saves. God determined to complete His saving work of the elect during a period of time He referred to in the Bible as the Day of Salvation. Once this prolonged spiritual day came to an end, so also would salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, we read, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The acceptable time. The day of salvation is also what Jesus spoke of in the Gospel of John. In John 9, verse 4, we read, I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh, when no man can work. The work Christ is referring to are the works of salvation the Father gave him to do. In John chapter 6, verse 29, we read, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Of course, we should not miss the obvious admonition John 9.4 is giving us, that the day would end, and when it did, the Lord Jesus Christ's work of salvation would not be able to be performed in the night that would follow. During this intense period of spiritual darkness that follows, the Great Tribulation, the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer performing the work of saving sinners. The light of the gospel, insofar as salvation is concerned, has gone out all over the world. In Matthew 24, verse 29, we read, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Sorrowfully, according to the plan of God, the day of salvation ended on May 21, 2011, along with the great tribulation period and the latter rain, and the spiritual night has come upon the world. Seek the Lord before the day of wrath come. It was during the period of time known as the Day of Salvation that God encouraged sinners to come to Him and cry out for mercy, in the hope that they might be one of those elect people. The following passage is typical of this kind of encouragement. Zephaniah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 reads, Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Notice in Zephaniah chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, God commands man to seek the Lord before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. It is during the time prior to the pouring out of His wrath that God is gracious and merciful and kind towards sinners. 
if they happen to be one of his elect. But the strong and unmistakable implication is that once the day of his wrath comes to pass, there will be no such kindness shown to sinners. God has been very clear all throughout the Bible that Judgment Day is not a time to seek God for salvation. Once Judgment Day comes, and it has come, then there is no more mercy granted, no further grace extended, and no additional compassion bestowed upon the ones that have transgressed the law of God. In James chapter 2, verse 13, we read, For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy. The day of salvation was in effect throughout the 1955 years of the church age, that was 33 A.D. through 1988 A.D. Then after the first 2300 evening mornings of the Great Tribulation period, once again, in September of 1994, God began to evangelize the world with what the Bible calls the latter rain. During this little season of about 17 years, God would bring to a climax His salvation program by saving a great multitude of people from the nations of the world. God opened up the scriptures at the beginning of the Great Tribulation period to reveal a good many truths. Included in this was the information concerning time and judgment. The Bible revealed a timeline that included the dates for the end of the church age, that was May 21, 1988, and the date for the beginning of Judgment Day, that was May 21, 2011. God moved in His people to broadcast the message of May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, into all the earth, and this message of approaching judgment was used by God to apply Christ's atoning work to a great number of people all over the earth. The Bible indicates that God saved more people in the short period of the latter reign than He did in all previous history. In Revelation chapter 7, verses 9, 13, and 14, we read, After this I beheld, and, lo! A great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, and he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Finally, on May 21, 2011, the great tribulation period ended, and the latter reign came to a close. By this time all the elect captives were set free by Christ. God's Word had now accomplished its purpose of finding all the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All of the elect, chosen to become saved from before the world began, had now become saved. The day of salvation was over. The Door Shuts There is no question that the Bible clearly teaches that God will shut heaven's door 
in the day of judgment. In Luke chapter 13, verses 24, 25, and 28, we read, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. We see from this account that once the master rose up to shut the door, he never opened it again. The pleas of those outside the door did not persuade him to reverse his decision and open the door, and the people that found themselves outside the door are never permitted to enter in from their position of being without. Revelation chapter 22 verse 14 reads, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Again, it was on May 21, 2011, that God shut the door of heaven. He could now do this, since all the people Christ obligated himself to save, by dying for their sins from the foundation of the world, had now become saved. Once all the elect were safely in the kingdom of God, the door was shut. Therefore, they were as safe in God's kingdom through salvation as Noah and his family were safe inside the ark in the day that the flood began. We read in Genesis chapter 7, verses 11, 13, and 16. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the foundations of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. Verse 13. In the selfsame day entered Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh. Verse 16. And they that went in, went in, male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Bible ties together the flood of Noah's day and May 21, 2011, which came exactly 7,000 years later. Mathematically, that breaks down to 4990 B.C., the date of Noah's flood, up to 2011, the date of judgment, we get a total of 7,001 when we add 4,990 plus 2,011. 7,001 minus 1, because there's no year zero, we get a total of 7,000. Since May 21, 2011 was the last day of the Great Tribulation period, and also fell 7,000 years precisely from the date of the flood, and since it also had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the seventeenth day of the second month, which matched precisely 
with the day that God shut the door of the ark and brought the flood to devastate the world, we can be sure that God placed His hand on May 21, 2011 as the day that the door of heaven was shut to the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. We're not surprised that many today dispute with God over His act of shutting the door of heaven on this world. It is actually in keeping with the nature of mankind. Whenever God makes a sovereign decree, we can expect the natural-minded man to argue with him about it. Men do this all the time concerning God's election program, regarding whom He saves, and now men are doing the very same thing regarding when God does the saving. The shutting of heaven's door is an action performed by God according to His perfect and sovereign will. If God opens something, as He had previously widely opened up the door of heaven to save a great multitude out of the great tribulation, man cannot shut it. And likewise, if God shuts something, no man can open it. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, we read, He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. True believers are only men. We are not the ones that determine the times and season of God's salvation program, nor do we determine when these times and seasons will conclude in judgment. When it comes to the door of heaven, the child of God is simply a doorkeeper. Psalm 84 verse 10 reads, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The Bible reveals that God is the only one possessing the necessary power and authority to make these types of awesome decrees. It is the Bible that insists that heaven's door is now shut to all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Therefore, this teaching comes from the one that issues the decrees to the doorkeepers and not the lowly doorkeepers themselves. The child of God, alive and remaining on the earth in the day of judgment, can only fulfill his role of a humble doorkeeper as he receives instructions from the Word of God, the Bible. It is the Bible that indicates and confirms that God's salvation plan ended on May 21, 2011. It is the Bible that declares God brought to pass on that day an awful and terrible judgment, the judgment of shutting heaven's door. This judgment ended Christ's work of saving sinners, a judgment that man could not see with his physical eyes, and therefore, at this time, it is a spiritual judgment. There is a strong likelihood that the judgment now upon the world will continue for 1,600 days and then conclude with the end of the world on October 7, 2015. The hope God allows for mankind in the time of the final judgment. Question. Are you saying then that there is no hope for people to be saved? Answer. Again, we must be very clear that God is no longer actively saving sinners. He has finished that work. Remember, John 9, 4 states, The night comes when no man can work. Christ will not save someone today that is presently unsaved. The Bible indicates that each person's spiritual condition is now eternally fixed. In Luke chapter 16, verse 26, we read, And beside all this, 
between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Question. So you're saying all hope is gone? Answer. During this time of judgment upon the world, the only hope that the Bible allows for is the hope that maybe God saved a person before he shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. That is, if a person was not part of any church and they heard the message from the Bible, then they may hope that God saved them prior to the shutting the door of heaven. A person with this hope in mind may go to God and say, O Father, having had mercy before May 21st, have mercy. Question. What if a person was part of a church? Answer. That is a different matter. God ended the church age and commanded his people to leave the churches. God already was not performing the work of salvation in the churches throughout the 23-year judgment upon them. And that was May 21, 1988 through May 21, 2011. And therefore, anyone remaining in the church before May 21, 2011 could not possibly have become saved while there. Spiritually, this was terrible for them. But things got even worse once the judgment transitioned from the churches to the world on May 21, 2011. At that point in time, the condition of no salvation, which was exclusively in the churches, expanded to include the whole world. Tragically, this means that people in the churches could not have been saved during the glorious period of the outpouring of the latter rain, and now, in the day of judgment, cannot be saved at all, since God has ended His salvation program. The only thing the Bible allows for regarding those in the churches is a prayer in which they may request of God that the cup of wrath be removed from them. In Matthew 26, verse 39, we read, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Feed my sheep. Question. This is very troubling information. If there is no hope for salvation, then why are you sharing it with people? Answer. You're asking a good question. There are at least three reasons why a true believer desires to share these things with others. First, God commands us to feed his sheep. That is, the majority of those elect people that God saved during the Great Tribulation period, the Great Multitude, are still alive and living on the earth in this time of judgment. Since we have no idea who these people are, we must share the Bible's teaching openly with all.